Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker best-selling author and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. The Military Animal Project provides military veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, military sexual trauma, anxiety, and depression, comfort, support, companionship, and a means to heal provided at no cost to the veteran. They offer a unique opportunity to positively impact the lives of many of our nation's warriors. Joining me today is Bob Harrell, co-founder, executive director of the Military Animal Project. Welcome, Bob. We really appreciate being invited here. Yeah, so why don't you start with your story, which then led to the creation of this amazing nonprofit organization. I'm a uh, combat veteran from Vietnam. Um, when I got back, uh, I found I got along better with animals than people. <laughs> I've been working with animals most of my life. Um, about nine years ago, I helped a veteran that brought a dog back from Iraq that was very traumatized, and I saw what benefit he got out of working with him and his dog. So I joined an organization that already existed that had a chapter in Ventura County. Mardu Lydic was the, co or the chapter uh, director at that time. Uh, it was a very restrictive in what we could and couldn't do in helping veterans. And over time, we decided that uh, we wanted to do more for veterans. So we formed our own organization, uh, Military Animal Project, um, where we offer a variety of things for veterans. And when we get contacted by a veteran that um, has a request we can't really provide, it's out of our wheelhouse, we don't just tell them, sorry, we can't do that. We do our best to find somebody that can help them. Mm-hmm. You were based out of Ventura. I mean, you still have down there, you help a lot Correct. of veterans in Ventura, California, but you also just opened a brand new big facility up off Red Rock. What happened was we had a World War II veteran in Ventura County that uh, left us some money when he died. And so we took that money and um, things were really slow during COVID. Um, most of the referrals come to us through therapists. Well, therapists became a virtual kind of therapy and it just died veterans aren't really good with that kind of stuff they're hard hard pressed to get into therapy to begin with so um 
during that time, my co-founder, Mardu, and her husband moved up here. And then my wife and I decided to do the same. We took uh, some of that money, put it together with uh, money we had when we sold our place in, down there, and we bought 44 acres up Red Rock Road that we're developing now as kind of a permanent facility that can continue this work long after we're uh, still viable in doing well, that, what we do. that's awesome. And so you do work with veterans here locally then Absolutely. in northern, well, anywhere in the country, I imagine, but northern Nevada and... the. For the dog program, we really kind of localize. We have to be have an establishment and establish people where we help the veterans. For the horse program, we will travel them in. Uh, we'll pay for their travel, pay for they'll stay in uh, motorhomes on the property, um, and then we travel them back home all free. So that's more of a help. The equine program is more for helping veterans out of the area. The dog program is more for helping guys. Although during COVID, things kind of changed. I did a lot of stuff via phone uh, where I was helping guys that had their own dogs, taught them how to locate places that could help them. So that kind of changed how we do things. So, sure. Yeah. And I want to talk more about equine therapy a little bit later. I want to focus really on uh, the dogs. But first, I did notice that the Military Animal Project was recently honored at the Marine Corps League Nevada State Conference 2023. Why is that? Um, Mardu got a call. Um, well, we're associate members of the Marine Corps League. And she got a call from a member there about a, a disabled veteran in Dayton whose property was flooded. Um, and I had a grading company. I was a grading contractor before. So Mardu called me up and he says, this is terrible. You think we can do anything to help this guy? So we went to the local uh, Sparks uh, rental, um, Sunbelt. Uh, the guy that runs that is a Vietnam veteran, gave us a tremendous discount on a piece of equipment for um, two days, and I regraded his property to try to, to leave the situation for him. And the good part is we've become really good friends with this really nice Marine family, Jason Fry and his family great people. Nice. Well, that's lovely. So we're talking a lot about dogs. They don't just become man's best friend. They're also their therapist, their companion, their confidant. And so one of the things that is unique to your program is you don't just train a bunch of dogs and go, okay, now you got to take this one to the vet. You really match the dog to the vet. Is that correct? That's correct. There's actually three phases um, or two phases of our dog program. We have therapy dogs. A therapy dog is where the dog and the owner help others. And so we have therapy dogs available to visit veterans in, uh, in hospitals, in uh, the assisted living homes, in their own home if necessary, to help them through a tough time. Um, sometimes they've lost their own dog, they're missing a dog, they can't have a new one, so we'll go visit them with therapy dogs. So that's one avenue of our program. The other one is we train dogs, um, either emotional support dogs or service dogs. Those are dogs that help their owner, um, depending on what the therapist prescribes for them. Um, So we're a little different than most organizations. Um, One of the issues I have with uh, training a number of dogs and then trying to match them up is if it doesn't match, the veteran takes that personal. 
he's got enough issues in his life. We don't want him thinking, well, maybe I'm not suited for this program or dogs don't like me or whatever the case may be. So I personally visit with every veteran that signs up for our program. I start talking about what it was like for me in Vietnam, what it was like for me when I got home. And right away I see in their eyes that, uh, oh, here's a guy that gets it. So there's no fear of judgment in discussing their issues. And so I learn, you know, um, does he like his therapist? Uh, can he tell a therapist everything? I've had three guys that told me stuff they couldn't tell their therapist, which um, two of them I got to the point where they could, but one of them never was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, if they live with family members, I interview the family members. I want to know what they think about having a dog. Common question is, was well, it mom or dad's dog, depending on who the veteran is, or is it a family dog? I tell them it can be both. The dog will learn when it needs to be with a veteran, and then when you notice that, you, you just leave them alone. Um, one way to start that out is the veteran needs the dog, put a vest on it. The dog will know I'm working. And then the family knows, well, right now it's dad or mom's dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that's determined, um, or you know, when, when I know what I need to know about how the dog's going to live, uh, we ask, what does the veteran expect? Um, I, I, I want to know if his expectations are reasonable or not. We can discuss that. What's his energy level? What's his average day like? Then we go out and we try and find a dog just for him. Worst thing I could do is train some dog, turn it over to him, and he looks at the dog and thinks, oh, my God, I never liked that breed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? Yeah. A horrible thing. <laughs> so then we go to local shelters or rescues. And we try to get a dog from the rescue or the shelter. Now we're helping a dog and a veteran at the same time. It's just amazing the, the gratification you get. I volunteered at Los Angeles County Animal Control for many years working with dogs that they deemed untrainable and adoptable. So I had a lot of experience in the shelters, and and that's helped me figure out how to determine if the dog is going to be good or not. Mm. Um, The most important thing is picking the right dog. Uh, If you pick the right dog, the training that we do, what we call psychiatric service dogs, it's easy. Uh, The wrong dog, it can be a long, drawn-out process, and it may not work. Um, we've been very successful. And, and uh, so it's a real one-on-one personal interaction, and we keep in touch with all the veterans we've matched dogs with. I still contact and talk to guys regularly from eight and a half years ago. It's kind of like a big family. And we make a lifelong commitment. If something happens to a dog, and we recently had one die of cancer, then we'll help him with another dog. Turns out this guy's not in our local area. I am... Um, acquainted with an organization only two hours from him that does the same thing we do, so I'm hooking them up so he can get another dog through them. If something happens to the veteran, and we've had this happen before, uh, one had to go in assisted living home, couldn't have a dog. So we'll find a home for the dog. Um, we take a life, lifelong commitment to both. So we chip the dog to the veteran and to us. Say he gets in a car accident, um, he's rushed to the hospital. The dog gets loose and runs off. Um, they'll contact, If they can't get a hold of him, they'll get a hold of us. So that dog will never go back to a shelter or a rescue. That's sweet. I mean, that's really amazing that, like you said, you're really helping the dog and also the veteran. And 
So, you know, based on that, give us, you know, what have you seen from, you know, someone who receives a dog, a newly trained dog? How has it changed their life? Well, um, the very first one I did, and that's a dog that just recently died. The guy was pretty much a recluse. Um, he was very decorated Vietnam um, veteran. Um, just didn't want to interact with people, go anywhere or do anything. About six months after he got his dog, he contacted us and said, I've always wanted to visit my relatives. I'm going to take a trip. And at the time, he says, but I'm saving money, you know, and, and he, he was very limited income. So we did a fundraiser, raised some money for him. He took a two-week trip. Now, this guy was very angry and very isolated when I first met him. He told me a story about coming home on that trip. He stopped at AMPM to get fuel, um, to get something to eat, left his dog in the car just while he ran in. He comes out, and there's a crowd of people around his car. Normally that would have, well, he wouldn't have gone anywhere, but that would, you'd think it would freak him out. He says, I, I walked up wondering what was going on. Well, his dog had got in the, path, or the driver's seat and had her paws up on the steering wheel like she was driving. <laughs> so everybody's taking pictures of this dog looking like it was driving a car. So what did he do? He says, so I walk up to the passenger side, and I opened the door, and I looked at everybody, and I go, sometimes she gets really upset with me if I don't let her drive a little bit. <laughs> and if you knew that guy before he got the dog versus how he was then, amazing transformation. That is awesome. That's wonderful. Anyone that wants to find out more, I'm going to encourage you to go to the militaryanimalproject.com website. Find out how you can support and help this wonderful nonprofit organization that is now based here in our community as well. We have to go to break. I'm going to come back with Bob, and we're going to talk about the equine therapy side of Great. this program. Thank you. A gratifying career as a CSA Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher is your chance of a lifetime. My name is Eileen O'Malley. I've been working with Head Start for about a year now. I love my job. I love my career. I love this company. Not only do I get to make a uh, good impression with children, I also get to be involved in my community. I prefer working at CSA for multiple reasons. Um, I have more support. I have more room for growth. And we have smaller class sizes. Visit csareno.org. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. Military Animal Project offers a distinct program working with horses and veterans called the Equine Buddies Program. Joining me, Bob Harrell. He is the co-founder, executive director of the Military Animal Project. So, Bob, let's talk about, we talked about dogs, the first whole half of the program. Let's talk about the importance of using horses. A couple of things that horses do, even the dogs don't. Um, both my wife and I come from lifelong um, ranching and, um, and farming families and have long learned about the connection that, that you can make with a horse and, and what the horse can do. Um, the horse is a prey animal. We're at the ultimate predator. So it's not going to make a connection with a human unless it feels comfortable. And they judge you by what's going on inside of you. Um, 
they have no agenda. That's what makes them work so well. So our program isn't like a lot of them where they go and they learn how to groom the horse and ride the horse. We help them make a close connection with the horse, just like one might with his dog. And through that connection, you they develop really good leadership qualities with mutual trust and respect. Trust is one of the big issues that our veterans have these days, starting with Vietnam. A lot of our veterans were in villages um, where, where the people were uh, among the people or it was the enemy, looked just like them. You couldn't tell who they were. Um, and so if you spent a lot of time doing that, you got to the point where you just didn't trust people. You didn't trust your own um, ability mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to trust yeah. individuals. Uh, MST survivors, military sexual trauma, that's a double-edged sword when it comes to trust. Not only do they not trust people they meet right away or ever, they don't trust themselves in making a good judgment because the violator usually was somebody they once trusted and that it got betrayed. So the horse really helps in that area because they're going to they're gonna form this bond and it can only happen if there's mutual trust and respect. So they learn how to trust again. What happens with a horse, it becomes a mirror of what they're projecting. So if they don't trust, the horse won't trust. And they get to see immediately when they make a change, the horse makes a change. I had a therapist tell me there's no method that she knew of that gave such direct feedback to the patient when the patient did something positive. So it helps in that um, in that area. It also helps combat veterans in what I call give and take and um, compromise. If you spend much time in combat, you're stripped of your ability to do that, to give and take and compromise, because you don't win battles. You don't win wars by doing that. You learn how to make things happen, how to force things to happen. You have this hard-hitting, direct approach. So take a guy who's got a wife and a couple of kids. He's Gets back from combat. He joins the family. While he's gone, the mom is the mom, the dad, the disciplinarian. She's got this whole system working. He rejoins or she rejoins and wants to take over their role. How do you think they go about it? So they end up alienating those they want to be close to, but they don't know why. So in order to make this connection, they have to learn to give and take with the horse. And they see immediately what they're projecting and why they're having issues back in civilian life it's amazing so we've had uh, we've had guys break down start crying when they make that connection one guy turned to uh, uh, one of the people in map and said this is kind of like a marriage huh it's just uh it, it gives them that opportunity to take away something and a lot of these programs they're very good the, the veteran talks about how comfortable they feel how at peace they feel when they're with the horse well, we offer them that plus something they can take away to help them adapt to civilian life a little easier than before they, they came to the program. So does it make sense that sometimes they start with equine therapy and then shift out into perhaps maybe a dog that now joins them in the home? <laughs> How this got started is we sponsored a guy that was doing this. Um, he had his own program, um, a veteran, 20 years. Um, he attempted suicide. Uh, he failed. Um, his gun misfired. And he sat there thinking, maybe God has a different plan for me. And he came up with this program because he, he was a cowboy. He came up with this program for helping other veterans. We sponsored him in our ranch. 
I also knew he needed a dog, so I trained a dog and gave it to him when he came. A surprise. Um, it happened to be a Malinois, which normally isn't a good service dog. They're too high strung. One saved his life in Afghanistan. He was just thrilled. It changed his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, it can. And how it works, we've had people with dogs that we've helped that then go into the program and vice versa. Like I say, it's individual to each and every one. Um, but, so yeah, that, a lot of times it crosses over. Yeah, that's very cool. So anyone that is interested in finding out more about the Military Animal Project from getting help, go to your website. Is that correct? That's correct. On yeah. our website, they can uh, they can see videos, uh, pictures, description of what we do, and they can fill out an application to to join our program. Um, we also have a Facebook page that has a lot of the same stuff on it. I this out of my wheelhouse. I don't think they can sign up on the Facebook page, but it'll give them a lot of information on uh, what we do and how we do it. Right. So because this is absolutely no cost Correct. to the veteran, it takes people, donors, volunteers. Let's talk about what do you guys need? Um of course, we'll need donors um, in order to keep providing the free service. It does cost, even though we have a lot of volunteers. We do need volunteers. Because we're new here, um, we need trainers, uh, specifically dog trainers. Um, our training is a little different. I like the dogs to be trained in the home in a situation that they're going to live in. So um, I would prefer that the trainers can can take the dog to live with him while they're training. Not the horse, uh, just no, the dog. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and with the horses, we have two we brought that are for the program. If we get um, multiple veterans at the same time, we're looking for um, people close to us uh, up Red Rock Road maybe that would loan us horses for uh, as long as three days at a time. Um, that's what we did before. My wife's a longtime horse trainer. We had many people that were volunteered to do that when we were in Southern California. We're developing that up here now. Um, and then we need administrative help. Um, and we tell people, pick something. It's listed on our web- website, but pick something you like to do. You know, something that is not a chore, but you have a skill. Um, there's social media stuff. There's there's a list of things that goes from, uh, you know, community outreach, um, newsletter stuff, volunteer coordinators, event planning, all that kind of stuff. You need it all. We need it all. We're new here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. So once again, people that want to find out anything about the Military Animal Project, go to the website, militaryanimalproject.com. This is an amazing organization. What a great opportunity for the veterans here in our local community to get that support, help, and companionship. And so very important. So, Bob, what would you say to veterans who may be experiencing some of this trauma and they haven't reached out for help? Um, one of the things you can do is, is the vet center. Go to the vet center. And, and they what they do is they have a lot of referrals for things, and then they have therapists. And we've got a lot of referrals from the therapists at the vet centers. That's a place to start. If you don't have a healthcare professional's letter saying you need a dog, you, that's a good place to start. Um, a lot of younger guys, a veteran told me, or a veteran um, that was also a therapist told me, most of the guys that come are Vietnam veterans. Um, 
they become workaholics. They try to ignore the issues. They get to retirement age, and all of a sudden everything comes back. Um, we're trying to reach younger guys. I know I didn't want to admit I had a problem. I didn't know I had a problem to begin with. Then I didn't want to admit it. And who wants to admit that they have some kind of a psychiatric uh, mental issue, um, such as post-traumatic stress um, disorder? That's, it's called PTSD. I don't like the D word. It doesn't belong there. If you didn't feel the way you feel, considering what you've been through, there'd be something wrong with you. Um, there are, there's a movement to try and change that because a lot of guys won't come forward. They don't want that stigma. Um, but reach out. There's people that can help you. Um, you, you post-traumatic stress does not go away, but you can learn to live with it and you can have a decent life. And I'm proof of that. It can happen, but you got to look at it as another mission. That's awesome. So I'm speaking with Bob Harrell, who is the uh, co-founder and executive director of the Military Animal Project. They are based up off Red Rock here in northern Nevada. And so, again, I want to encourage people uh, to reach out, find out about this organization because they have helped many veterans find a purpose again with the care and love of a four-legged buddy. So you want to check them out, militaryanimalproject.com, to help a veteran recover the emotional and physical trauma of serving our country. This program changes lives. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show, where business, but today, the Military Animal Project has been amplified. Thank you very much. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.